Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name is Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, bum, bum, I feel like bum, I bum. always gotta always gotta pop the podcast. You know how you doing? I feel man? like you have to What's too. The... I think that's our yeah. thing now. I can't just Remember say we, we are this from Jesus people? life. Yeah, we used to get crap from people that would tell us we hate your intro. I'm like whatever, <laughs> and we were stuck with it. We are hundred and something plus episodes in. I don't even know what the number. Totally, is. man. Uh, we, and yeah. we're still gonna hold on to it. I don't care what you and think if, at this point. I I feel like even if we rescripted what we open with, you and I would not be able to stick to it at all. We'd have to have like a printout in front of <laughs> us because at this point we've just done it way too often. Yeah. Yeah. The funny thing is, is like every time we start it, I have that moment of like, do I know the words? <laughs> <laughs> do I know? I know. You're like, wait a minute. Do I actually know what I'm about to say? And then it just comes. And for me, I remember it as you start, which is funny. Dude, how you been? It's been a few weeks. What's going on in been, your summer, man? Been good. Yeah. Yeah. It's been busy. So, you know, as you're listening to us, we've been gone for a few weeks. We tried. Yep. We did. But it just really wasn't tried. happening. It's been rough. Uh, too many, too many things going on, and it's summertime, so you're in and out of town all the time, and it's just, it's been hard. But no, went camping a few weeks ago. Uh, Hill City, uh, our church plan is doing well. It's finally getting to like calm season, like you kick yeah. off the summer with a lot of things starting and and that kind of stuff. So we have, we have a community event tonight. We have another community event uh, second week of August, but that's really it for the summer. I'm starting to get our teams ready for the fall. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, works, works, work. It is what it is. It's pretty slow these days. Yeah. Um, you know, with I, I work for a company that serves churches, so um, churches are typically off in, in July. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're relatively quiet working on other things. But it's good. Um, yeah, weather's been good. I can't complain there. Uh, Sweet. Had a good camping trip. It sounded like I know you guys did your trip. It was good. Camping trip. It was like huge, right? Twenty yeah. some people. It was. There's too many of us for camping. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. It, it it went just fine. I was just as you think to expand again. You're just like, man, that might that might not be able to do possible when you're at thirty or forty people. Yeah, that's <clears> a uh, lot for camping. To totally. Yeah, but uh, that's yeah, my man. life. What about you? How were your trips, dude? We yeah, it's been a couple weeks, but it's been like a super packed couple weeks. We uh. Ch- quick chicken update. We now have three coops of chickens. Uh, uh-uh. One is uh, holds our 10 meat birds, and that's our chicken tractor. I don't know if you saw that on Instagram or whatever, but basically it's uh-huh. a it's a movable a movable coop and um, and that's pretty sweet and they're loving it and they're growing like crazy and they just figured out how to roost. So they have about two months until they're going to move to Hannah Family Freezer Camp, uh, which is cool. Oh, that's um, fun. So yeah, they'll they'll chill out literally. Um, but they're doing well. The others are like our small uh, additional nine egg layers, you know, and they're growing. But you got to keep them small because chickens are terrible to each other, dude. So the the older ones would try to murder them uh if we put them in together so we're keeping them safe while they grow and they're happy and uh and our old birds are just doing old bird stuff and laying some eggs and you know doing pretty good but um so that's good but took a little work on our side to get all established um and then dude 
we went went to Ohio last weekend, and uh, it was a nice. surprise celebration for my dad's um, dad's 70th birthday, which is coming up oh, in a couple cool. weeks. But they uh, they're going to be like camping out west when that happens. So anyway, um, did a surprise get together, and that was really fun. Um, did like a, I felt like youth group days, except for it was younger kids. Like there was this big rainstorm coming in on Saturday but not much like lightning or anything. So we had a house full of kids and all these people. And I'm like, we're doing a slip and slide. Cause out front, my nice. parents have like a perfect hill and then a flat spot. So I'm like, oh, nice. dad, we, get out your tarps, man. We need some dish soap. We need a hose with water. Like we're doing a slip and slide. And it was like, Oh, that's cool. It was the most dude watching little kids just like, totally filled with joy doing a slip yeah. and slide or something like that. There's just nothing better, man. Like it was the That's best. Cool. Um, nice. And then dude, one big update. I know we don't have a ton of time. And by the way, this, this episode's going to be kind of like a personal catch up. What's going on? What's God doing in your life? Um, so this last one is maybe my first like answer of something cool. God has done in my life that Josh, I know you know about, but the rest of the people don't. Um, all right. So I've been, I've been learning like faith in a new degree, I think. Are we going to talk about your extra boob? Yes, we are. Yes, We are my side boob. Um, all right. So, so here's what's up. Uh, I don't know how much I've said or not said about this. I'll go kind of quick, but about just over two years ago, I realized one night after taking a shower that I had this lump on my side, like, the side of my abdomen and like I saw it in the mirror and freaked out obviously as you do. And you're like, like I showed Jen, I'm like, am I crazy or is there a weird lump right here? You know? So she was freaked out too. And immediately it was like, call the doctor. I ended up getting a CT scan and he's like, Hey, this is a lipoma. It's not big enough that we need to like get it removed right away, but let's just watch it. So two years later it had it felt like it had gotten a lot bigger. I'm like, this seems unreasonable at this point. So talked to my doctor again, met with a surgeon, got an MRI. They're like, yep, we think it's just a lipoma. We need to remove it. Um, But we're getting a second opinion to see if it's cancerous before we remove it. So we know what to do when we get in there. Anyway, yeah. they they thought it was benign. They felt good about it. They, they did the surgery if, to remove it. This was like, five weeks ago, six weeks ago at this point. Yeah. Six, it's maybe seven. Anyway, uh, they removed the thing, which that was a wild experience. I've never had surgery before. And the faith piece came right before the surgery to remove it. When they're like, we're not sure if this is cancerous or not. We really don't know. We're going to get a second opinion. Found out that second opinion was from a surgical oncologist. And I'm like a little freaked out. And dude, this is where like the prayer in faith was like, God, you are good either way. You know, like I had serious heart to heart with them. I'm like, you're good either way. I trust you either way. You are faithful either way. But please, like, please let this not be cancer. Because if it is, that's going to involve radiation. It's going to involve a whole set of things that I'm really not hoping to go through. You know, so like, please let this be benign. And, um, and it had grown by like 50% in that two years. It was big. It was like 12 ounces what they removed. Um, and anyway, dude, got the removal done, 
that was a wild experience started recovering and they're like of course we're going to biopsy it and check it and make sure we should have your results pretty fast well two weeks later i had a follow-up appointment and they're like well we have your results but they came back as atypical we don't know what this is like we're not sure so we're sending it out for a second opinion it might be a day or it might be another three weeks until we know. Uh, and this is where the prayer of faith like really started coming in because they're like, yeah, results were atypical. There's stuff we're concerned about. And it's like, God, you were good. Like you spent years teaching me you're faithful. You spent a couple years now teaching me like to focus on the right things. You are good either way. All of that is still true, but please let it not be cancer, you know, cause I don't want to go through that if I cannot like, and anyway, man, um, last week, finally I got the results, uh, after waiting and waiting what felt like months, you know, of like, this is benign. We're not worried about malignancy. Like we're going to like pay attention to it, but it, it's, it's not cancer. And it was just like this huge, relief moment, man, of like low grade, like the Bible says, do not worry about tomorrow. That's what Jesus teaches. You know, he teaches Mm -hmm. a lot about worry and anxiety Mm -hmm. in, in the sermon on the Mount. And like, I've read that stuff a hundred times, you know? And, but when you're in a moment like that, it is, it's hard to live. And I think it's only through like the Holy Spirit's goodness in our lives that we even can live. Do not worry. Because it was like just a low grade stress and a low grade like, man, what would this look like in my life if over the next six or eight months I had to do lots of radiation and couldn't be active and might not be able to work as much as I do and might not be able to do dad stuff as much as I do. And like, what would this really, this would be really rough, you know, Um, like all those things are in the back of your mind and it's like. God, I'm going to just worry. I'm not even going to worry. I'm just going to focus on today. Like, I trust you. You're faithful and you're good. And whatever you have ahead for me, like, I trust you tomorrow with it. You know, like, I'm just going to focus on right now. Um, So I was huge. Like, it was a huge relief, man. And it was a a huge answer to prayer. And uh, like, God is good. And, And I'd be saying that even if it was like, Hey, podcast people, I need you to pray for me because I'm going into radiation. Even if it went the other way, I'd be saying this. But I'm so thankful, man, to not not be saying that and to not have that be the reality. So I think God's teaching me about faith. And uh, and ironically, when I was coming into this year, as we were like in January, I was looking out at the year and I'm like, I don't anticipate any like massive shifts. I don't anticipate anything big. We're not moving. We're not having another kid right away. Like none of that's happening. But then all of this sprang up in a major way. And it's been like the last three months, this has been a ongoing thing. So anyway, dude, God is teaching me about faith to a different degree than I expected. And it's been a little bit of a curveball, but it's been kind of cool. So I don't know, man, that's some of where I'm at on the like personal catch up side. Like that's, that's that's probably the big recent thing going on in my life. Yeah. Andrew even had his third boob. He had it put in a jar and now it's sitting on his desk. (laughs) He wants to be reminded like the chicken that God is faithful. 
dude, I got a printout of it and I saw the, oh, really? I had him, I had him show me a picture. It looked wild, man. It looked oh, wild. Man. The surgeon's like, it was like a huge hard boiled egg with like, it just Weird. looked gross. It was this huge yellow mass, like six inches long, bro. It was intense. Yeah, that's pretty it was bad. intense. <laughs> yeah. I see. Well, that, that's a, it's a great story. Good story. God's faithfulness. I think too, like, just in my own life, you know, God is, is working in the area of faith as well, but probably in a little bit different ways. Um, like some, a realization that I came to and, you know, over the last three months I've been petitioning God. Uh, I didn't have that word up until a week ago, but uh, mm-hmm. I've been petitioning God of asking for certain specific things and, and big dreams that, you know, I now have of how you're going to fulfill these things and what's my next steps and all that fun stuff. But, um, it, like it, it's come with a season. Like I used to think like, <clears throat> I used to say this, I think at some point, if I've said this on the podcast, I'm, um, correcting myself now, but I used to say like, if, if you're confused in the midst of something, God's not in that because God is a God of order. Um, and the reality is the, the way in which God intervenes and interacts and is around our lives, um, is so beyond our comprehension of how he works and his thoughts in the midst of that work that like, it's going to feel like confusion in the midst of it. Cause we just don't understand yet. Right. You know, Paul talks a lot about the, the mysteries being revealed, right. The mysteries of the kingdom, the mysteries of the gospel yeah. um, coming to realization for you. And, and oftentimes it feels like that. And in the midst of it, when you feel like you're on the breakthrough of understanding, um, you're you're stuck in that place of like yeah it feels it feels dark it feels like it's easy to relate with with david and the psalms and you know we're going into the psalms next on on the series so we'll probably cover these psalms at some point but uh when david says like god how long are you going to hide your face from me Mm. um and and kind of goes down that that trail and it's so true and and in the midst of those seasons of testing right um they don't last forever they usually only last a handful of months um but in the midst of those things, that's how you feel. You're like, God, where are you? Yeah. Like, yeah. In the midst of these things. And, you know, Hill City has, has, has big needs ahead of us. And God's provided, you know, we're, we're looking at next month. And, um, you know, how are we going to financially be able to continue and support ourselves? And, you know, a big gift comes in this month. And, you know, we have plenty of money to pay the bills. Um, so, that, you know, that's been it's been one of those things of, like, God is providing and God's faithful in the midst of it, even when you feel like, um, what, uh, you're asking God for is ridiculous and over the top and, you know, but God is a God that is more than capable and, uh, can intervene in our lives in those ways. And, um, so it's been a journey of that. Um, uh, but that idea of like, do we really ever petition God, um, in our prayers? Like, hmm. and I came to the realization this past Wednesday of like, I don't think I ever have like, hmm. there, there's times that you pray for things and like moments of time right? You're petitioning God, but like big dreams that you may have, uh, like you think about them here and there and maybe you pray about them, but like, do we generally set aside time of I'm going to just meet with Jesus and talk about these things? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to ask the father to provide for these things as a good father does. Um, like if there's that piece of petitioning, I think oftentimes, at least for me, I haven't practiced because if you asked me a year ago, Hey, do you petition? I think, Oh yeah. I, I ask for things all the time Yeah, um, yeah. or pray for things all the time. And, um, you know, it's a different level of trusting God today 
over the last three months of God, you know, shaping and molding my heart to get here. And you know, it, and the funny thing is like the things that I'm praying for today and dreaming of today are, I don't know, hundred times bigger <laughs> yeah. than what I was yeah. praying, what yeah. I was praying for uh, three months ago. Like I was just praying That's for simple cool. provision and now we're praying for, you know, city changing uh, in specific yeah. ways. But um, and you know, being able to bring the gospel to those specific environments as we meet needs, but things that we wouldn't have had just so long ago. And you know, our our church plants in a part of the city that's um, like it's not a bad part of the city, but it's low income, um, mm-hmm. and that's where God has planted us. And you know, we get to love you know that neighborhood well. And we only have a couple of people from that neighborhood, a part of our community. Most of us you know aren't, um, but even you know, dreaming of getting into that community and being there and. Uh, figuring out what that community needs. You know, we've been running surveys this summer. We're just surveying people with uh, just a couple of questions, just to get a heartbeat on it. Um, and going into it, we had a, we had some thesis. Uh, we believed like this was true of this community, and you know, our thesis are being proven true. So um, we're going to run with those things now. The problem is those those needs are much much bigger than what we They're can provide. Huge, right? Um, They're huge. But yeah. But God, God is more than capable of providing those things as as He sees fit. So. Um, but you know, it's, it's been a journey to get to this place. I wouldn't recommend journeys like this. Like they're hard. Um, you know, I was, I was telling some, some friends, you know, there's a specific friend that's been hounding me of like, Hey, what's going on? And, you know, I'm only giving them bits and pieces, um, because I know where they're at in their faith and this isn't helpful. Mm. Um, yeah, it like, I have a pretty strong faith, um, in comparison to most, um, and I say faith, like the trust in who God is, uh, faith, mm-hmm. not, not a knowledge or information based something, um, though that comes with it. Um, and shoot, there's been moments like even on our camping trip, we were praying for 24 hours and, um, I had the first two hours of the day, I think, or early in the day, I think it was like f- four and five or five and six. Yeah. And, uh, I ended those, like, I just yelled at God for two hours. <laughs> like God, mm-hmm. I just had it out. Um, and you know, getting to the end of your place where you're like, yeah, God, I don't like, if you don't come through in this way, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I'm out. Um, not that you're going to lose your faith in the sense of like, God is still God and he's still present. It's just, yeah, I don't, I don't think I want to serve you anymore. I'm out. Um, yeah. and to yeah. get to that place and to bring non-believers, or I shouldn't say non-believers, young believers into that place. Like that's a hard, I, yeah, I don't want to lay. I don't want to lay. I can carry myself uh, with God's yeah. help and the Spirit's help and other other friends' helps. But mm. so there's that piece of it too of like trusting God never gets easier, right? Like, no, no, it doesn't, uh, dude. It only gets harder and harder because what you're trusting God for is only gets bigger yep. and bigger because um, yep. that's just how it works. And um, you know, uh, I'm just started the book. Someone in our church recommended to me called Gospel Fluency. Um, hmm. And somehow it relates. So we, we live in a world that we call relational discipleship of how we help people go from mm-hmm. spiritual infants to, to spiritual maturity and um, be able to reproduce themselves. And um, they recommended this book and somehow it's related. I haven't got to that part yet of how it's related, but they start off the whole first chapter and I've only read like three chapters. So I'm giving you a synopsis of a chapter I haven't actually fully read. Yeah. Um, but the idea is like everybody's an unbeliever, whether you're, whether you know Jesus, your Lord and savior, or you don't, you're still an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his point is like, there's still aspects of our lives that we don't believe God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a, it's a good word of like, yeah, like 
you're going to look at your life and be like, man, I, I look how far I've come and look at what I understand and how well I trust God today compared to, you know, um, a year ago or how well I uh, love God and love people, you know, today compared to a year ago. And um, it, it's only going to grow, but what you're going to be facing is only going to get harder. Uh, yeah. And I think that's the season that I'm learning and learning to like live in the, the lamenting of God, not answering certain things yeah. um, and being okay with that and mm. um, processing through that and grieving that, right? Like so much of the yeah. Psalms is, is lamenting. Um, yeah. God, where are you? God, you didn't provide like that, that yeah. mindset, like that's a reality of the Christian faith. Af- oftentimes it feels like that and that's okay. Um, yeah. doesn't mean God's gone anywhere. Um, totally. You got to push through those things. I think all too often it's like, Hey, you know, I want peace in this situation. Sure. Peace to some extent, <laughs> like peace yeah. is helpful and good, but, um, it's not always the, the answer to the question. It doesn't actually fix the issue. Um, yeah. like, you know, I had a friend reach out recently and just, Hey, I'm praying for peace and everything. And I'm like, I don't want peace. <laughs> I want mm. provision. Like we're mm. paying, we're praying for provision right now. <laughs> like yeah. we don't need God to be like, everything feels good. No, no, no. We need God to act. So we're asking him to yeah. act and we're going to petition him to do so. Dude, that reminds me of, uh, our buddy, Alan, uh, and he probably was quoting Alan Hirsch or somebody else. Uh, but talking about like a holy, that we should desire to have a holy discontent, you know, yep. with the way things are. Like, God, give me your eyes to kind of see what the situation like is like around me and in me and in those in our area and in those in our country and our world. You know, like, give me a holy discontent for the status quo and then show me like a path of of what the next right steps might look like or what the what the vision might be for the long term, you know, but like, don't let me be just content with the way things are. And, and I've always liked that, you know, it's like, God, give me a, give me a desire for urgency here. Like Mm. give me an urgent passion to do something, to care about something. Um, and like part of, part of faith is like God saying like, all right, like, it's awesome. You've grown in this way. Here's where I want to take you, you know? And, and part of that does lead to like the, where are you in this? What are you doing with me in this? Why am I here? You know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, Dude, I started this. Uh, I started listening to to this twenty two hour audio book on it's a Fred it's Frederick Douglass's autobiography, and Who's he Frederick talks Douglas? about he. So he was uh, born. Uh, he was the son of a slave in the South in the U.S. Um, right around the time that abolitionists were starting to rise and before the Civil War happened uh in the u.s and he became like underground railroad yeah he was he was a big piece of that and frederick Douglass was also like he was the he's the most famous black abolitionist in u.s history because he was like he has some pretty famous writings right totally dude very famous writings and he was like a really powerful speaker orator and he learned it he he taught himself to read he taught himself to speak and he like became a christian very early in his life it is crazy like how do you teach yourself to read dude it's like like teaching yourself chinese people taught him like the first super basics like a couple letters and how they sounded and he like literally used uh methodist hymnals and and like pages of the bible and he once the whole house was asleep he'd go up in the attic and study for hours and hours and like 
work on like, okay, if I can write this, I can write that. And can I read a word and like all this stuff. But, but he talked about like this, like faith, like knowing Jesus gave him this holy discontent for the way things were. And, you know, his situation around him was screaming, like, you're a slave, you're nothing, you, your property, literally, you know, but like this faith inside him was driving him to like, um, to these places of like, I'm not content with this. And how do I, how do I literally love my master while being, while thinking about running away and thinking about teaching other slaves, the things I know now that I can read, you know, all this stuff. But yeah. anyway, dude, one powerful point in that was, uh, this is like, might feel totally unrelated, but it blew my mind is that he got to the point where, you know, as he wrote his autobiography, he obviously hadn't been a slave for a long time. You know, he spent mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of his life as a free man. But, um, anyway, dude, he, he wrote about how like the, any sin, but especially a sin as, as grave as, as owning people as property, you know, what slavery was and all that it entailed to keep that system going. Um, that it was like a sin that, that created sin and terrible things in the lives of slaves and in the lives of those who were the masters, you know, and how, how it had this like net negative effect on every aspect of the system and in some ways enslaved masters to the behavior of like being brutal to those that they were slavers of, you know, all of that, like it, but it had this net negative impact. But as you were talking about faith and petitioning and like what God's doing in your life, and I was talking about faith, I think these are things that even if you're in a lament of prayer of like, God, why aren't you doing this? it still is a season of like, I have faith you could, I have faith you, you might, I have a holy discontent Mm -hmm. for what exists today. And Mm -hmm. I think, man, like when we're in those zones, it's, it's the opposite of, of a great sin, like a system of slavery, right? It's like, it's a net positive for us and for everyone around us and for the whole environment around us, you know, like it's, I don't know, it's, it's wrestling in faith with God, what, what do you want me to do? But what could you do more importantly in this? You know, how could you shift this in ways I can't even imagine? So anyway, man, that's, that's just another, like I, I'm, really I'm enjoying good. that Frederick Douglass is, he's really smart and it's really good, but it's been a hard listen, but kind of a cool learning at the same time. So yeah. anyway, man, I think when that's we wrestle cool. through things like faith, it's only good for those around us and us. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't feel good. Like that's the reality. No, <laughs> uh, no. And it's I think that's fun. the shocker oftentimes uh. for, for Christians as they're maturing in their relationship with Jesus is like, they assume everything's going to feel good. And, and, and it's not like part of it is like what you're praying God for. Like if you see a, a place that needs restoration and you see a place where the gospel has to reach, like part of that's going to be ugly and sinful and destructive and painful. And you got to dig in and pray for those things anyways. But the other side of it is, is like hoping to see a dream come to fruition um, and God not bring it to fruition either ever or in that moment. Like there's, there's a process in that too. And I think so often Christians at least in the circles that I run in, we don't dream big dreams anymore. We dream mm. practical things. We dream things that in all reality we could accomplish if we put our head to the, you know, uh, you know, our, our head into it and, and just worked hard. Like we could, we could figure it out and make it happen. We don't dream big dreams that were like, mm. yeah, there's like, 
It's just not big enough. Like if, yeah. if God can't do it, your dreams aren't big enough. And I know why we don't, right? We don't want to be disappointed. We don't want to look like mm. an idiot. Um, all those things that, that come into play when we start asking people to dream big, crazy things with us. Um, mm. But at the same time, like, like you're saying, the net positive would be so much mm. different in our communities, yeah. in our circles. And, it, you know, yeah. we don't just dream big dreams for um, the sake of, of ourselves. Like there's the the parable of the mustard seed that Jesus tells. He tells it a handful yeah, of dude. times. Um, yep. But he talks about the mustard seed faith and, and, you know, the farmer plants the mustard seed. And, you know, although it's the smallest of, of seeds, it becomes one of the largest of garden plants. Um, mm-hmm. And then it says he ends that. I can't remember if this is. I think this may be Mark's uh, story of it. All the gospels talk about it a couple of times, but, um, and, but that section ends with, um, and the birds, uh, you know, rested on its branches or found nests yeah. in its, in its yeah. branches. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a piece of that, that we miss out on oftentimes is yeah. we're not having yeah. the faith that God can and big things. And that faith isn't just for you. It's, it's for the birds, right? It's for others around us. Yeah. They're yeah. going to actually be blessed by the faith that we have to see those things come to be. Um, totally. And we are willing to do the work to get there and, and pray the hard prayers and, and sit in the silence and yep. um, continue to ask and petition even when we don't feel like it. And all those things that, you know, we're yep. doing in the spiritual realm that gets, gets us to that place. And, you know, Jesus tells us, um, he's talking about an unjust, it's just a parable, but he's talking about an unjust judge and a widow. I don't know if we've told the story on the podcast. Um, but it's recorded in Matthew and, um, yeah. you know, this, this widow was, went to the judge and, you know, asked him to, to, um, help her. Uh, he rejected her, kicked her out. Um, yep. she kept coming back and said, God, you know, judge, give me justice, judge, give me justice. Day after day, after day, yeah. after day. Yep. And eventually the, the judge gives it to her and, and, you know, the parable says the judge is like, I'm just, just to get rid of you. Like, so you stop coming. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to uh, leave me I'm just alone. Gonna give you, I'm just going to give you what you're asking. Uh, yeah. But right after that, he turns it into prayer. He's like, pray like this. Yeah. Uh, not that we're trying to annoy God, but that's the level of petitioning that we should be functioning in. Yeah, and I think oftentimes we give up on the dream too soon. Like mm. you're dreaming the dream. Um, mm-hmm. Like these things are still still in front of you. They still matter. Keep yeah. praying these things. I think of you know uh, the prophetess Anna um, who met Jesus on his third day of, of life in the mm-hmm. temple. It says Anna went to the temple every day. Um, and mm-hmm. prayed and worshiped God, asking to see the Messiah, asking for the yep. Messiah to come. And after yep. 87 years of doing that, 87 years of doing that, she got to meet yeah. Jesus. Like, yeah. Yeah. And we don't have that type of perseverance. Like, we don't have that type of. And I think, you know, if we if we're willing to, to dig into those things and we're willing to dream those crazy dreams, we're willing to bring people around us to dream with us and pray and petition God and actually set aside time in your, in your day in your life to actually just ask God for these things. Um, like mm-hmm. that's the only reason I'm meeting with him right now is I'm going to ask him for these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, ask and ask and ask and ask often and ask multiple times a day and just keep asking. And I think yeah. we're going to see fruit of it and you're going to start seeing some change around us. Um, yeah. because we just, we chose to have faith in a massive big God. You know, we told our, yeah. we, 
uh, taught on the mustard seed recently. We're in the middle of this series called Iconic. We've been looking at the life of Jesus and uh, the series. We, we started this series with like a loose idea of what we wanted to talk about, but it wasn't really detailed. We didn't really have our verses yeah. um, like we typically do. And uh, it's turned into a, with multiple teachers, it's turned into a series on faith <laughs> over the Ooh. last uh, month and a half. And, you know, That's we're cool. talking on, on doubting this week with Thomas and um, next wow. week um, we have a, uh, uh, a friend of ours um, uh, that you know uh, quite well, uh, Andrew Eileen is teaching for us. Oh, uh, for sweet. the first time. That's yeah, awesome. So she's teaching. Yeah, she's teaching on the faith of the the bleeding woman. Wow. Um, wow. So That's it's cool, it's kind of turned into that. But one of the messages we were talking about mustard seed faith and what is mustard seed like faith and it's you know um, the the statement that that he makes is. Um, you know, God, I believe you are, but just help me with my unbelief. And that's yeah. that mustard seed faith of like, just believe yeah. enough. Um, yeah. But the formula we, we kind of built the whole, the whole message around was, you know, mustard seed faith, this tiny little thing yep. plus a massive yep. God equals mountain yep. sized results. Um, and that's, that's the amazing. the piece that we want to be able to get back to. Like there's something Dude, in this. God's up to something. And as, and I got to go in a minute. I know we got to wrap up before. And and next week, people, we're going into our, our first series of Psalms, which we're going to probably spend six or eight weeks in, or we'll see how it goes, but we'll, we'll use that. But dude, to bring it back around mustard seed, like lived out when Frederick Douglass became a Christian, um, public opinion across the US, UK, Spain, all of Europe, essentially the largest like slaveholding countries. It was all that like, this system is just fine. This is actually God ordained. This is what, what we do. And while Frederick Douglass, like when he became a Christian, um, right around that same time, God started to use like that mustard seed, maybe his faith and a million others. I don't Mm -hmm. know. There's no way to tell, but, but literally in 10 years, public opinion went from, like slavery is God ordained and right to this like massive overwhelming. We can't have this system in our lives anymore across mm-hmm. not just the U S but all of Europe. And it was like, literally like Frederick Douglass in Maryland would have had no idea. Right. Cause throughout that same 10 years, his, his life got worse and worse and worse as he went from being a boy to being a man and being introduced to the full system. But dude, in that same time, God was like growing the holy discontent in the lives of millions and millions of people in power and literally shifted public opinion from this is good and what God wants to we can't do this. It's an absolute sin of our societies. And then things shifted dramatically quickly after that. So it's like, yeah, you think a mustard seed might small look small, right? When it starts mm-hmm. and because it is small. And your experience of walking through faith might get harder and harder and worse mm-hmm. as you go in many ways. But man, when that when that plant springs up to the point when it's it's shading and providing protection to those mm-hmm. around you and the birds of the air, you know, to go with the parable, like God can shift things dramatically, man, like so dramatically in ways that you or I can't or the life of one person can't. But man, that faith can do big things. So mm-hmm. 
Um, and the other piece of it too yeah, is yeah. like live in community and live in relationships. So yeah. like if you're praying a mustard size faith prayer, share it with other people because yeah. there's a good chance similar to, to this story, right? Like there's a yeah. good chance that God is saying the same thing to somebody else that's yeah. supposed to play a part in the equation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're never going to know those things until it's, people start talking about them. So like you may feel right. stupid. You may feel yeah. like this is the dumbest yeah. thing I've ever asked for. I completely mm-hmm. under, and be honest with him. Like I completely understand that God might not be in this. Um, yeah. and you know, he might be even in it for a different reason than you thought going into it. But, um, like there's that piece of it of like, there's probably, if God's in the midst of it, my guess is God is also talking to other people about it. Yes. Um, and you're going to get to the other side and just be blown away by what God has done. Um, and how he brought a hundred, 200, you know, thousands of people together around that one cause or that one idea that you yep. thought was so impossible, but you were praying and petitioning for it anyways and telling others about it and then joining forces. And then over time, um, God accomplished even bigger things than what the dream was originally. Um, and I think the other piece as you're talking that I was just thinking about is like, um, shoot, I just lost it. I just had it. And I was like, I'm going to say this too. And I lost it. It was going to be good too. It was going to be good. Saw it in your face. You you were there. You were there. We were talking. It was like loosely related. It wasn't related, but loosely related. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to save it for the next episode, folks. You have to come back, check us out. We start uh, the Psalms and most likely uh, we'll talk about it then as well. Um, Oh, that's what it was. Um, Shoot. I just had it and I lost it again. (laughs) What is going on right now? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. This is I got weird. Though. I got a final thought to, to close us. Um, the way you were talking about, there might be somebody else thinking about the same thing. An image that came to my mind as you were saying that is like, think about like a honeycomb, right? Like we all know what a honeycomb looks like. Uh, it's a slice out of the beehive where you can see thousands of cells that, that bees make. You can see how they're filled with honey, right? Like a single bee in that maybe sees one cell or maybe 10. I don't know how many they build. I'm not a, I'm not a bee expert, but, but the picture I'm trying to say is that a bee never sees like that whole honeycomb, never sees the whole hive at once, right? It can travel around and see little places. It can be on construction mode, making one cell at a time, whatever. But all the bee knows is like, this is what I should be doing. But when you step back and look at what thousands of bees can build, it is mind blowing. And I feel like God often does that in our lives where you're right. It takes the courage of one person to go like, this is the crazy thing I think God is telling me to do. I could be wrong, but here's what I'm praying about. Like, would you join me in prayer? Would you think about this? Would you poke holes in this idea? Like, here's what I think God's saying. And it might be that like, I'm just building one little cell, but the, pick, the people you can't see or you're not focused on, it might be that same image or same vision God's putting in their mind. So it really does really does take the faith of like the first the first follower, right? Of like, I don't know, like I might be way off, but here's what I think God's saying. Like, would you pray with me about it and think about it and talk with me about it? You and I have had those conversations, man, of like, I don't know if this is right or not, mm-hmm. but here's what I think God's saying. And mm-hmm. uh, anyway, man, like, you know, we're not honeybees, but we can learn a whole lot from the world God created um, of, of how he operates and how he functions and thinks and what he wants for us, too. So anyway, man. Um, and start dreaming those things. dreams. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. As you're sitting there listening, dream those dreams with mustard seed faith that's going to affect and bless so many others. Not just you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, James tells us, right, God doesn't answer those prayers because they're selfish in nature. Like, don't go down those mm-hmm. roads, but right. dream the dreams that are going to make, you know, Paul tells us in Second Corinthians that we're in the ministry of reconciliation, right? We're bringing people yeah. back to God. Pray those kind of dreams. Uh, yeah. And then tell people that you're praying those kind of dreams and then just watch what God is going to do. They totally. be blown away. And then if God does it, um, not saying he will all the time, but definitely pray and petition him and, and, you know, force his hand, be annoying uh, that he will. <laughs> Uh, and uh, share those with us. Send them to hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. We want yeah. to hear those stories too. Um, they inspire our faith as much as, as you get to hear those stories inspire your faith. So share them with us. Andrew, my friend, my buddy, good to see you. Good to see you, my man. Talk to you soon. Right. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.